who you're really doing a disservice to is to yourself. And at the end of the day, you might feel uncomfortable in that moment, but how uncomfortable does it make you feel that you're leaving $500,000 on the table? You need to choose your uncomfortable. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I can only spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode number seven of the Side Hustle Experience. I'm your host, Ariana, and I am so happy that you are back here for another episode. Today is going to be a gem-packed episode full of actionable steps, so I recommend you go ahead and pull out your notebook and a pen to take notes. But if you are driving, make sure to rewind this when you get home and you are safe to do so. Today, we're going to be talking about such an important topic and one that happens to be super controversial because I hear so many different people from different backgrounds, different industries talk about this topic in many different ways. And that is, how do you successfully negotiate your salary? I know, I know the big elephant in the room. So I actually have two perspectives because one, I am a recruiter. And another, I am a job seeker myself. So I have two different ways to do it. So, and so I just want to make sure that I'm giving you the best information I can and also giving you actionable tips that are going to help you in that relationship building aspect of things when it comes to the recruiter. The reason why this topic is so controversial is because specifically for TikTok, and by the way, if you don't follow me there, go ahead and do so. You can just search it by side hustle experience and you'll be able to find me. But there's a tag of war for sure when it comes to these topics specifically because there's just so many conflicting ideas. However, I have been able to successfully negotiate my salary every time that I land a new job and I've successfully been able to secure at least 15% increase of my last salary. So I might be able to teach you a thing or two when it comes to that. And plus I coach people on this on a daily basis. So let's get started. And let's dive into the amazing things that I have to say here about how to negotiate your salary. So I actually have a research study that I found here from the Hardware Business Review, which I'm going to be linking in the show notes. So make sure to link there once you're done listening to this. But it says, women continue to earn less on average for the same performance and they remained underrepresented on top jobs. That is a very interesting sentence there and a statement because as a woman, as a woman of color and as a Latina, which we happen to be super low in the bottom of the chain when it comes to how many cents we make to a dollar of a white man, this was very intriguing to me and I wanted to kind of research it a little bit more. The review continues to say the following. Research has shown that both conscious and subconscious biases contribute to this problem, the problem of women being paying less. But we've discovered another subtle source of inequality. Listen to this. Women often don't get what they want and deserve simply because they just don't ask for it. Let me say that again. Women often don't get what they want and deserve simply because they don't ask for it. 
Okay, so the reason why I want you to really pay attention to this episode specifically is because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. And that is just a painful reality to live in. We tend to not want to ask for what we want because we feel we should be grateful for what we have. We should be happy with what we get. And what if I ask for more and they think I'm greedy or aggressive or interested in material things? And you know what? If people think that of you, so what? It's not their life, it's yours. So it should be fine. But as a major people pleaser, trying to recover from that, not a badge of honor, but that's just who I am. I get why you don't want to negotiate. I get why you don't want to stand up and say, I think I deserve more, or I know that I deserve more. But you have to get over that fear because in the span of your career and your life, depending on how old you are at the time that you're listening to this episode, you could potentially be leaving close to $500,000 on the table by not negotiating. So who are you really doing a disservice to? It's to yourself. And at the end of the day, you might feel uncomfortable in that moment, but how uncomfortable does it make you feel that you're leaving $500,000 on the table? You need to choose your uncomfortable, okay? And the study continues to say, in three separate studies, we found that men are more likely than women to negotiate for what they want. This can be costly for companies and it requires management intervention. The first study found that the starting salaries for male MBAs who had recently graduated from Carnegie Mellon were were 7.6% or almost $4,000 higher on average than those of female MBAs from the same program. That is insane. 7.6% more than women who have the same exact educational background. I mean, that is insanity, if you ask me. And then just to close off some of the the quotes that I got from that study, it says, that's because most of the women had simply accepted the employer's initial salary offer. In fact, only 7% had attempted to negotiate. But 57% of their male counterparts, or eight times as many men as women, had asked for more. And there's your answer. It doesn't mean that you're not qualified. It doesn't mean that you're being greedy. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve it. It means that all you have to do is ask. Because these companies are out just to get the best person they can get for a cheaper price, right? They're not trying to undermine you in any way. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're a business. So if they're saying, hey, if I'm offering this much and they're not asking for more, why should I give them more, right? Sometimes you just have to ask for things in order for them to get to you, in order for them to say yes, in order for them to say not right now. Because the worst that can happen is they can say, no, they're not going to take away the offer. And I want to give you some tips of how to do that in a way that's not going to get there. Because a lot of people are fearful that I don't negotiate because I don't want my offer to be taken away. As long as you're doing it the right way, the way that I'm going to be teaching you here, it's not going to happen. They're not going to take your offer away because you ask for more money. Let that sink in. They're not going to take your offer away because you ask for more money. If it's granted, if you have done your research and you have a good business reason as of why you believe you deserve more, then there's no way to do that. If you do it in a professional way, there's no way for them to take it away. So now that we have gone through that study, I just thought it was very important for us to kind of talk about numbers and data and some studies behind that because I am not crazy and this is not something that is just you going through it. But look at how many people out there, specifically women, are not standing in their power, are not asking for what they deserve for reasons that I unfortunately can relate to. But Now that I'm at this point in my career and my life, there's so much information out there for you to do the right thing for you that there's no excuse anymore, okay? Yeah, you might get sweaty. You might get uncomfortable. I've gotten sweaty. I get uncomfortable. But it's even more uncomfortable for me to know that I'm leaving 
half a million dollars on the table just because, oops, I don't want to seem aggressive. Oops, I don't want to sound like I'm greedy. Oops, I feel uncomfortable asking. No, 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 no. So with what I just mentioned from that study, that should be reason enough for you to want to negotiate your salary if you're a woman listening to this. But in case you needed more compelling information about why you should negotiate your salary, here they are. Negotiating gets you more in the long run. It's not just right in that moment, but it's going to get you more in the span of your career, which is why I'm saying that that's $500,000 you could potentially be leaving on the table, not in one spot, obviously, but in the span of your career. The average annual salary increase for your job is going to be most likely 3%, okay? 3%, which is right now, at the time that I'm recording this podcast, does not even cut it or keep up with inflation. Because right now, inflation is 6.2. 6.2% of inflation is happening right now, 2021. That 3% is not going to keep up with inflation. Second, when you look for a new job, there's probably many reasons why you are looking for a new job. The new role, the new offer presents to you more opportunities and therefore more opportunities equal more money. Because sometimes when you are asking for a raise at your company, when you're asking to be promoted at your company, they're most likely going to give you, you know, three, five, 7% at the most. I haven't witnessed more than that at a time. And if you go to a new job, most likely it's going to be 20% increase in that salary. Most likely. That's what I've experienced as well. So keep that in mind. When you go out to look for another job, you're going to be opening up more opportunities for yourself. Reason number two, why you should definitely be negotiating your salary. If you have not negotiated before, most likely you are being underpaid. Remember and go back to that little example I gave in the beginning from the Harvard Business Review that Women that don't negotiate get paid less than their male counterparts because most of the time you don't ask for a raise therefore they're not offering you all that's in the budget. They give you an initial offer, they're expecting you to negotiate. So why don't you? So if you don't, they're not going to come back and say, oh, actually, there's no money in the budget. Let's give it to you. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen that way. And so if you've never negotiated before, chances are that you are already underpaid. Your last job will haunt you which is why it's so important that you don't ever disclose how much money you're currently making to a new employer. That's irrelevant because most likely you are already in underpaid. You need to close the gap for when you did not feel comfortable to ask for a raise. You will never feel comfortable to ask for a raise. You will never feel comfortable to ask for more money. You will never feel comfortable to negotiate your salary. So start closing that gap for when you get another role that you're getting out of that position that you currently are at. Close the gap because most likely it's that you are being underpaid by that 20%. If you're being offered 20% more at another company, it means that you were being underpaid by that much. So start doing the math. If you've been at that job that you're at underpaid for two, three years, that's 20%. Let's put a number on it, $20,000 a year. That's $60,000 for the three years you were there that you could have made and packeted. I certainly believe this is being drilling in your head right now because you have to really just choose your own comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable either way. Just think about how much money you're leaving on the table so far. And that's the thing. Sometimes you might be hitting yourself up and say, you know what? I didn't do it before. I feel bad about it. No, no, no. Let's move on. What's done is done. You didn't make that money, but now you can. You can make up for it by asking next time that you're negotiating, by next time that you're accepting an offer. And the third reason why you should negotiate your salary, aside from the ones that I already told you, if you don't ask, the answer is always no, which is what I love to open the conversation with when I'm talking to people about negotiations. Sometimes we bring ourselves to feeling this way, feelings of worthlessness, because we are used to having this narrative in our head that we are just not worthy of more. We're all the time questioning, wait a minute, do I deserve this? Am I good enough for this? Am I being greedy? They could potentially hire someone else with that salary increase that I'm asking for. I'm here to tell you that it's not your job to care for that. It is your job to care for you and get the best deal you can for yourself. 
Okay. All right. So now that you know the importance of negotiating your salary, let's chat about the thing that you must take into consideration when you are getting ready to negotiate. Because now after you've listened to this podcast episode, there's no question about it. You will negotiate your salary. And I want you to write that down and I want you to promise that to yourself. You will negotiate your salary next time that you get an offer and next time they have the opportunity to ask for more at your current job when you're getting ready for a promotion. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. So first of all, I want you to know that you have to know what it is you want. Sometimes you are confident and negotiating because you really don't know where you should be, how much money you should be getting paid, and that has often defaulted into letting employees decide for you because you don't know how much money you're supposed to get paid. So you'll ask them, well, I'm defaulting to you to tell me that. I'm new to the industry. I don't really know how much money I want to get paid. I don't know how much money I need to get paid. So your research, and if you really have no idea, because you are changing industries, as I mentioned, or you're a brand new grad and really have no clue and have nobody to lean on to ask these questions, here are some resources that can get you started. And again, all of this can be found in the show notes. So when you're done listening to this podcast and if you want to go access all the resources, you need to make sure to go click on the link in the show notes. And that will take you over to my website where I have everything linked for you. So the first one is Glassdoor, which is not the most reliable one because the data there is very skewed, but it can give you a really rough start to really just kind of know the rough middle ground where you should be starting. Never go by that number. You should always go a little higher. You also have Payscale which is a little bit better than Glassdoor. We have Stack Overflow. We have Hired, which usually is done in the UK, the US, Canada, and France. We have Angels List. We have Salary Expert. We have PayLab. We have Salary.com, which is the one that I like the most because it makes you putting your information in there. So I feel like that data will be a little bit more reliable. And then we also have Levels that FYI. Again, all of those are going to be listed in the show notes. So make sure to go ahead and check out the show notes at the end of listening to this episode. So the second thing that you need to make sure you have is established budget, okay? If you're really at loss and have no idea what it is you need, at least you need to account for your necessities and the things that you want to have and do on a day-to-day. You need to know at least the bare minimum you need to survive. How much do you need to pay bills? How much do you need to pay debt? How much do you need to put aside for your savings and retirement? And since you have done all of your research, obviously, you now know or at least have a little bit of a rough start where you can sense how much the position should be paying. So the first thing that you should be doing when it comes to this is write down all of your bills. So all of your recurrent monthly bills, expenses, everything that you need to have in order to survive, like rent, transportation, heating, water, electricity. And another column, you're going to be writing all of your debts. If you have any credit card debt, if you have any student debt, if you have any personal loans, if you have a mortgage, if you have a car loan, And then another column of your desired investments. If you have not done any investments yet, potentially that's something that we can explore a little bit later in this podcast. But if you are into investing, you already know what that means. Make sure that you're also accounting for that much money every month. And then lastly, but definitely not least, is your savings. You want to make sure that you are setting yourself for success with some savings. And all of these savings should, of course, be living in a high-yield savings account not just in the bank, in a high yield savings account so that you can continue to earn interest on that every month. And you should have at least three to six months of expenses in that quote-unquote savings account. I usually have my rainy days account or my emergency account, and I tend to have anything between 
four to six months, no less than four, no more than six months of expenses. Okay. Because God forbid something would happen, 2020 totals that you should account for at least three to six months because that's usually the amount of time it takes somebody to find a new job. If you get in a sticky situation where you get to be unemployed. So you should have at least a bare minimum of what it is you need to survive month to month in a savings account where you don't touch, you don't have any access to it, which is why it's important to have it in a high yield savings account to make sure you have it in a separate place when you don't have to transfer money when you feel like you want to buy an impulse thing. So that's number two. Number three is please do not use your current salary as a baseline. Most likely is that you are being underpaid already. So do not use that as your starting point. This will actually be utilized if you are negotiating against yourself, and that's not what we want. You have outgrown that salary. Your experience is better, is bigger, is grand, is more specialized, and your current salary is not relevant to the future of potential earnings. Do not use that for your future position. And with the same grain, please do not try to negotiate your salary at the same time as other perks, like your start date flexible work from home options. Your salary should be the main character, right? So identify the backup dancers from the main person, from the main character. Your salary at this point is going to be the main character. Everything else comes next. Everything else comes second. Everything else comes after the fact. Everything else comes as a last resort if they cannot give you the salary you want. So the fourth thing I want you to think about before you even start to think about negotiating your salary is think beyond the paycheck. Okay, it's not just the day to day or the month to month money that you're going to be making because everything in an offer is negotiable. Yes, ideally, you would want to keep the base salary what it is that you want because it's money in your pocket, right? It's consistent money that's going to go in your pocket, and that's what we want to see. But if worse comes to shove, what you really want when it comes to the salary does not come up because the company, let's say, cannot really afford that type of money. They don't really have it in the budget. Then you can start to think creatively in other ways that they can compensate you. So you can think about sign-on bonuses, reimbursements, childcare, any other benefits and perks that they could offer. More vacation time, which is technically AKA, you know, more paid time for you. So think about all of those things that you can potentially negotiate. All right, now to the juicy things of this episode. Here are the top five tips I have for negotiating your salary with confidence. So take your pencils and pens out and listen up. First of all, be aware of your misconceptions. There's a lot of information out there about this topic. And sometimes that can create a lot of fear because it's like, well, it's a tug of war. Like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Who do I listen to? And sometimes this can create analysis, paralysis, and anxiety. Money is just something that a lot of people enjoy talking about. Obviously, it's a huge taboo in our society. And talking about it, sometimes, you know, when it comes to salary negotiations, is something that should be expected. So expect yourself to be uncomfortable when it comes to talk about this conversation. Just expect it because that's just going to be a thing. And just know that at the end of the day, there's so much information out there. There's conflicting information out there that you have to do what's best for you. What you know feels right in your heart and in your gut. Number two. Be courteous. It is important to be polite when you are trying to negotiate your salary, okay? You're not going to come in here guns blazing and demanding things and giving ultimatums, all right? Because that's usually what pushes the company from pulling away the offer. When you come back with this attitude of I deserve more and entitlement, okay? So be courteous. It's important to be polite and really no need to be aggressive or rude when it comes to this conversation, Just think about it, you being on their team, right? You're trying to be a part of their program, their company, their team. You're playing on the same side of the court. 
So the way that you approach this should be a reflection and assessment of your soft skills. They're going to be assessing that for you when you start negotiating for your salaries. Just make sure that you do it in a professional way. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a script in a little bit, but you should never come in with an aggressive tone, an aggressive manner. Number three, have a business case, a business reason behind why you're asking for more. You can potentially compare this package to other offers that you might have gotten from another employer, potentially is giving you more money. But be cautious to not be threatening. I don't want you to say, well, this company is giving me more. So if you don't give me this, I'm going to go the other way. Because if you really want this one company, you should not be coming at it with this tone. It's fine for you to say, hey, um, this is the reason why I believe I should be met at this number. I recently received another written offer with a number more close to the one that I'm sharing right now. And if you are comfortable, you can share the offer. You don't have to. It's not required. But some companies will ask you for it just to kind of have a business reason behind their end for finance and things like that. It's not because they want to pry for information, but just to make sure that they do have their numbers accurate. Number four, this is probably one of the most important ones because it's really important with sales and conversations you have with people, period. But when it comes to negotiations, it's really, really accurate and it's extremely effective. And it is to be okay with silence. Sometimes when we say a number and we have the other person be quiet, we get scared and start talking too much or start, well, but you know, I can kind of meet you in the middle or I can be flexible. You know, when you say, this is my base salary and this is how much I'm looking for total compensation. And then you stay quiet. Be comfortable with silence. Let them be the first one to talk. This is one of my favorite things I learned from the book, Never Split the Difference with Christopher Voss, because it's one of the things I really just, I read it, I believe it was five years ago. and. Since then, I've been using that and it's been extremely successful. Letting the other person speak first. When you give your range, stay quiet and let the other person respond to your request. Because once you start talking, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make the other person uncomfortable and you're going to end up saying things that you don't actually mean. Like, well, I'm negotiable. Like, no, you're not negotiable. You're asking for this much and this much alone. Number five. You need to know your worth before you work into these conversations because sometimes you have to have the confidence to walk away. Sometimes things are just not meant to be and they're not going to work out the way that you expected them. Sometimes it's good to either have an option B that you'd be comfortable with or understanding that this might not be the right time for you. This might not be the right company for you. This might not be the right job for you. And sometimes you just have to kind of bow out and walk away. The reason I am telling you all of this is because you have to feel happy and well compensated before you accept a job, because essentially you are going to be resentful when they don't pay you well, when they don't pay you what you're worth. And that's usually what happens for you to kind of fall into this toxic environment, for you to fall into this negative mentality of, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave, when you just started. So start out the right way by negotiating your salary from the start. So here's a little bit of a role play. Let's say that you are at the start of a initial fund screen. And most likely the recruiter is going to say, hey, do you have a salary expectation for me or a salary range you can share with me? My preference as a job seeker is to always have a range in my mind because some recruiters are going to push you for that number. But I usually don't give my number on the first ask. When they ask me, what are your salary expectations? I say something along the lines of, you know, that's a great question. I am very excited about potentially finding the best culture in the best company it's out there for me. I am more worried about finding the right teammates, the right manager, more so than salary is to concern. And I will actually love to hear a little bit more about what the responsibilities and scope of the roles are to be able to share that number. But if you're able to, do you mind 
sharing a budget if you're able to share that information. Let's say they say, you actually, we don't have that information yet, but I just want to know like a ballpark of where you're standing so that I can tell the hiring manager if, you know, we're in the same page. Oh yes, no problem. That is absolutely understandable. You know, I do have a range in mind. However, as I mentioned in the beginning, I would absolutely love to learn more a little bit about the responsibilities and the scope of the role. So this number could change, but this is just a ballpark I have in mind. And then there you share, I'm looking for anything between 65 and 85,000 when it comes to my base. And I would love to chat more about a total compensation package once we get there. That way you leave things very open-ended and you can change your mind through the process. You're not giving a stamp number from the get-go because things can change. They could potentially tell you one thing today and another tomorrow. You know, roles are evolving as people just interview and depending on the type of candidates that they get to talk to, things change. And when you give a big range, like from 65 to 85, it really gives a lot of wiggle room for that recruiter to continue to keep you in the process without being scared that you're too expensive or that you might be too cheap (laughs) on the end that you might not be as experienced as they need you to be. Okay. So you give a good range with the 20 to $30,000 differences in between because it gives them a lot of room for negotiation, gives them room for flexibility. Okay. But let's say that you are on the end of the interview and conversation has not been something that they've talked about, which is strange because they usually talk about that in the beginning. But if they don't, if they happens to only talk about it at the time of offer, they offer you something that you might not be happy with, or it's outside of your range that you discussed in the beginning. You can say, you know, thank you so much for the offer. I am very excited at the possibility of joining the team. Um, unfortunately, the number that you guys are offering me right now is a little bit below what I was expecting. I'm looking more of a number of X, Y, Z. Here are the reasons why I believe that's a more appropriate number for somebody at my level, somebody with my experience, somebody with what I can bring to this table in case you don't have experience. And then you give your number and then you stay quiet. Let them be the ones to tell you whether that's doable or not. Because then you start explaining yourself and just tripping over your words and getting nervous and uncomfortable then that's when usually you shoot yourself in the foot. So let them be the ones to speak first when it comes to that. And that is how you negotiate your salary successfully with confidence and with the badass that you are walking away with more money than you ever expected. So that is the end of our conversation today about salary negotiations. I certainly hope that you had a notepad and a pen ready for you. And if you don't, make sure to just listen again to this episode because it was full of gems, as you can probably tell. And feel free to just pause, go back to the episode if you need to, because I do need you to start getting more comfortable with this conversation. I feel much more uncomfortable knowing that I'm leaving $500,000 on the table Then I do sweating a little and talking about money and negotiating for my worth and telling them, hey, this is the reason why I deserve more. Anyways, I certainly hope to have you back on the next episode. Over and out. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.